uh, knowing your own mercy. So if you will, find the book of Jonah. If you find Matthew, back up into the Old Testament uh, about five books. I just did, and I found it. So uh, knowing your own mercy. Uh, now remember, Jonah was told to go preach to the Ninevites, and he didn't want to go. And remember, why didn't he want to go? Because he knew the Lord would be merciful. Okay. Well, he runs from the Lord saying, I'm not going to go preach, you know. And, of course, we realize, you know, the whale or the big fish, doesn't matter, something big, a fish, swallowed him. Okay. Anyway, in, in chapter 2, I want to read chapter 2 because this is so good. And he sums it all up, and I want to get to the punchline, then I'm going to go back and, uh, uh, and read the whole chapter because it's only 10 verses. Look down at verse 8. They that observe lying vanities. Now, some translations will say worship uh, idols. Okay, well, it's not like we would worship idols today, but anything that would uh, anything that would tell you this is the way the cookie crumbles. You know, in other words, if you don't read your Bible and you believe other things, then uh, you know you can you can miss something. Now, what does he say? They that observe lying vanities, or you pay attention to other things. Notice this: forsake their own mercy. So the scriptures is actually trying to tell us here, and Jonah, while he's being digested, he's in the whale's stomach right here, okay? This is Jonah chapter 2 and verse 8, uh, and 9, uh, well, actually verse 8. Uh, he says, those that look at other things, they forsake their own mercy. In other words, God will have mercy on you. Well, anyway, uh, uh, I'm so close to verse 9, let me keep going. But I will sacrifice uh, unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. And I will pay that which I have vowed. Look at he says, salvation is of the Lord. Now, was he referencing himself? Yes, because he's fixing to die. <laughs> I mean, he is. Oh, he's in this whale stomach. It's over with. But he says, I'll pay that which I vow. Salvation is of the Lord. That's a phrase that's all over the book of Psalms. Oh, and that means getting out of temporary trouble. And it also means getting out of a blooming fish's mouth, too. You find yourself in there and he, he looks like he's going to be in trouble. Verse 10, and the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah on the dry land. Now, for me to sit here and say, well, I, I'm waiting on God's timing. I, I saw a fellow the other day at uh, Walmart, and, and he was just moaning over there going, well, I, I just got to learn to get on God's timing. And I thought, brother, you need to know God's timing is now. That's one reason he was making himself so miserable. One reason he couldn't be happy, he really believed the Lord was his trouble. I mean, if you've got something you need, ask for it and believe. You got. How can you do Mark eleven twenty four? What things serve you desire when you pray? Believe you receive them, and you shall have them. How can I believe I receive it if I don't think God wants me to have it? Mark eleven twenty four says, "What things serve you desire?" You know, we just we wipe ourselves out by thinking God won't help us. But anyway, the Lord spake into the fish, and it vomited out Jonah on the dry land. <laughs> he didn't even have to swim 100 yards. I mean, he was right there. Now, go all the way to verse 1. And Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. So now we know where he's at. I mean, can you not move? I've watched too many cartoons. And in cartoons, they'll actually build a fire, you know, act like they're on a camp out or whatever. <laughs> you know, inside the whale's stomach, you know, Popeye the sailor. I've seen this before. Or Bugs Bunny Roadrunner. I mean, it's ridiculous. That could not be what it felt like. Uh, and I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord. I mean, why not? When you're in trouble, ask the Lord. And, and I want to add something else to this. Jonah was doing something wrong. He, he, notice he didn't say, well, this is my punishment, and it'll never stop, because I chose not to be merciful unto Nineveh, so I guess my death is imminent. No, it's not. 
He said, I cried unto the Lord by reason of my affliction. And he heard me. If we don't start getting a hold of the scriptures, when the scripture says, he heard me, we're going to be in a world of hurt. We have got to know that he hears us. You know, Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus, he said, I thank thee, Father, that thou hearest me always. But for the sake of the people, I say. In other words, he was just doing it in front of people so they could hear, you know. But he knew God hears him always. And that's what Jesus has been teaching us as well. I mean, it's just so. But, but what do we hear in tradition? Well, you never know. I prayed all night long. I don't know if God heard me or not. Oh, mercy. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel prayed 21 days. He didn't ever quit. And the angel showed up. Guess what the angel said? You read it for yourself. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 10. The angel said, Daniel, guess what? I was sent the first day. The first day, Brother Daniel. <laughs> Woo, what does that do to your prayers? Well, it makes me want to pray. Okay. So he says, oh, oh, and he heard me, and out of his, out of the belly of hell, I guess it would be that way, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Wow. Verse 2. It said that. Okay, verse 3. For thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Well, was a smart choice, wasn't it? The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depths closed around me about, uh, uh, closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. Man, it must have been an awful place. <clears throat> I went down to the bottom of the mountains. Uh, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet thou hast brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. <laughs> what? How does he know God will get him out? How does he know this? Oh. Verse 7, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came unto thee unto his holy temple. God just gets me excited. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. See, you always have mercy. Yeah, and you're always going to blow it too, but guess what? You're always going to have mercy. I will sacrifice unto the Lord with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvations of the Lord. Now, how hard is that? You could just use that verse and get yourself started. Just begin to give the Lord thanks. Lord, I thank you. You'll get me out of this trouble. Can't be no worse than being digested like Jonah. And even if you think you created half the mess or even all the mess, God will get you out. Uh, then he goes on to verse 10, and the Lord spake to the fish and vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. So God will get you out too. Let's go to John's Gospel, chapter 1. You got to know your own mercy. Praise the Lord. John, chapter 1. Mm-hmm. John chapter 1. And look down here at verse uh, 15. John bare witness unto him and cried, saying, This is, uh, was he of whom I spake. He that comes before me is preferred before me, for he was before me. John was referring and comparing himself to Jesus and why he was out there preaching, prepare the way of the Lord. And of his fullness we have received grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but look at this, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You know, you could also substitute the word grace there for mercy. It's true. We didn't earn it. We didn't earn it. Go to uh, Matthew chapter, I believe it's chapter 9. I'll get over there and we'll find out. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, and uh, yes it is. Oh. We were talking about this earlier in church uh, this morning. Uh, but anyway, Matthew chapter 9, look down at verse 10. 
And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house, means he was eating dinner, many publicans, that means a tax collector, basically the scum of the earth, and sinners, well, that really defined them right there, came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? What's he doing? When Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Oh, boy, there's, boy you can go a long way with this. It wasn't like, it, why did he say, Those that are doing wrong need me to hit them over the head with a tuba floor? They that are living wrong, I need to punish them. Is that what he said? No, he said those that are sick uh, need a physician. Or those that are whole don't need a physician, but those that are sick. Now look at verse 13. But go and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Oh, wow. He says I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Wow. Just flip the page in the same, uh, in my Bible, he flips the page, in the same book, uh, Matthew chapter 9, look down at verse 27, and I want you to see that this works. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, what did he say? Have mercy on us. <laughs> what if that got Jesus' ear? Well, and when he was coming to the house, the blind men came unto him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yes, Lord, or yea, Lord. Then touched ye their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Well, their faith was in mercy, as well as knowing that Jesus would heal them. Do you see that? Wow. Praise God. Have mercy on us. They weren't saying, Well, we've been so good, we believe we deserve healing. Are you kidding? While we're there, look at the 10th chapter, chapter uh, verse 1. And when he called unto him the twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Well, then you've got to figure out who, who deserves it. No, uh-uh. Let me help you with that. Look at verse 7. As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Look at this. Heal the sick. If you're sick this morning, God wants you well. You have mercy to get you well. You do. You don't have to earn this. The disciples were commissioned to go do this. I mean, let me just show you. I mean, heal the sick that are therein. Praise the Lord. Let me show you this again. Go to Luke, please. Luke chapter 10. Oh, this is so funny because Matthew chapter 10 is a spitting image of Luke chapter 10. But in Luke chapter 10, it's not only 12, but it's 70. Seventy people were told to go out and do the same thing. Let's take it from uh, verse 1 here, Luke chapter 10, verse 1. See, as you study the Bible, it, a lot of things are helpful. Oh, I remember that verse. It's in the 10th chapter of Luke, and it's in the 10th chapter of Matthew. Well, that's how I, I get these things. Okay. It just, it's kind of neat. Sometimes the numbers are just really helpful. Okay. Uh, Luke 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed uh, others, 70 also, and sent them two and two before his face, into every city and place whither he himself would come. Wow, okay. So go into every city. Now what did he tell them to do? Uh, look at verse 9. And heal the sick that are therein. Well, wait a minute. We have to decide whether or not they're worthy. We have to decide whether or not it's the Lord's will. Now, well, wait a minute. 
Jesus is speaking for the Lord's will. I mean, he is the Lord anyway. Ah, uh, see how confused we have made this? The will is already laid out there. Uh, if you will, back up to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And uh, let's see. Look at verse, Mark 16, look at verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Hmm. In my name they'll cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Wow. Hmm. Well, that's what it says. See, this stuff is not passed away like some say. But like, like remember what uh, Jonah said, those that observe lying vanities, if you're looking at other voices, listening to other voices, or reading other books and stuff, you're going to forsake your own mercy. Don't do that, praise the Lord. Uh, let's go to the book of James. Go all the way to Revelation and start backing up a few books, maybe about six or seven, and you'll find the book of James. If you find the book of Hebrews, it's just to the right, one book. James chapter uh, 2 here. Uh, now, uh, look over here at verse 12. So speak ye, this is James 2 and verse 12, so speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. I wonder what that is. Well, let's keep reading. For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy. And mercy rejoiceth, or you could say triumphs, against judgment. See, in the day of judgment, guess what? Mercy is going to cover you about. I mean, you're going to have mercy. Yeah. I, I, you should not worry about your sins. Jesus died for your sins. You know. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. Will you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Well, we have to believe that. So anyway, again, he says, mercy rejoices against judgment. But he also is telling us that uh, we're supposed to show mercy. Uh, for he, that, he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy. Wow. Well, I'm going to show mercy, praise the Lord. Let's go back to the book of Matthew. It's easy to find Matthew. This time let's go to Matthew 18. I'm going to show you a story of mercy here. Somebody had really blown it. I mean, tremendously had blown it. And of course, we all have in the eyes of the Lord. We've blown it. We do not deserve to go to heaven. We do not deserve any of these blessings. But yet we're getting them and we're getting to go to heaven. I mean, gee. All right, Matthew chapter 18 here. Uh, let's start verse 21. And Peter said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. Till seven times? Because we're just going to say is, there's a limit here, right? Jesus said to him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. And he wasn't just saying 490 and that's it. He was just showing how, no, you just keep forgiving Verse 23, therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a man, uh, likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one of them was brought unto him that owed 10,000 talents. Well, that's about a uh, million dollars. <clears throat> back, probably back in the 70s. So it's probably maybe like 10 million today. Wow. Verse 26, the Lord therefore fell down, uh, no, excuse me, verse 25. 
for as much as he had not to pay. He couldn't pay for this thing. His Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children, and all that he had, payment was to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I'll pay thee out. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, forgave him the whole debt. Now, if that's not mercy, mercy, oh my goodness. Ten million dollars just wiped out. I, I forgive you, just forget it, just forget it. Just forget it. Oh, wow. But the same servant went out, found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, which is about twenty dollars. might say it was only about a hundred dollars today. Wow. And he laid his hands on him, and he took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay thee all. And he would not. And he went and cast him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, in other words, people are watching you and me, they were very sorry, and they came and they told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, called him and said to him, Oh, you wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because you desired me. Should you not also have had compassion or mercy on your fellow servant, even as I had compassion on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay that which was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Let me tell you something. The picture here is that God is merciful. But what are you a picture of? You know, we should show mercy to those around us. Hallelujah. God is going to be merciful unto us. He's not going to stop. Now, let's go to the book of Psalms. Middle of your Bible, you'll find the book of Psalms. And let's go to Psalm, uh, uh, I believe it's 118. Psalm 118. Let me get over there and we'll see. Psalm 118. Uh, yes, it is. Psalm 118, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. What's mercy got to do with it? We got to have it. Remember the Holy of Holies? You could not go into the presence of God without the high priest once a year. He only went in there once a year. And that without blood. For his sins and also the sins of the whole people. You know. But he could go in and offer a sacrifice. And after that sacrifice was done, I mean, your sins were gone. I mean, they were, they were covered. The whole nation of Israel. You know. God would still shine his face upon them. They would still have blessings. I don't, I don't know how we've missed all this. Verse 2, let Israel now say that his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endures forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say his mercy endures forever. Wow. Look at 5. I called upon the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. The Lord takes my part with them that help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire upon them that hate me. It's better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations compass me about. Remember, David was king. But in the name of the Lord, I'll destroy them. Now, why? Because he said his mercy endures forever. I mean, listen, David made mistakes just like all of us. Just like all of us. See, look at verse 17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Look at 18. The Lord has chastened me sore, 
but he's not handing me over to death. Oh, I wish we just knew these things. Well, I guess my time's come, you know. God may not save me this time. No, where'd you get that from? You didn't get it from Psalm 118. And besides that, God's expecting you to be merciful because he's been merciful to you. So if he's expecting you to be merciful, why don't we continue to expect him to be merciful? He will be. You need to be merciful. Wow, praise the Lord. He's merciful. Oh, glory to God. Okay. Um, go with me to... Um, let me look this up. Uh, yeah, let's see. Second Chronicles. Oh, man, to get your index out, find Second Chronicles. That's the Old Testament, okay? Second Chronicles. And uh, chapter 20. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. This is such a fantastic story. Uh, the, um, let's start in verse 1. It came to pass after this that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon with them other besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Now this is a world war. I mean, mercy. And there were some that, that uh, told Jehoshaphat, saying, there comes a great multitude uh, against thee from beyond the sea and from the side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazrar Tamar, which is in Engedi. In other words, like to say they're in South America and they're heading this way. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and to proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. In other words, he called the whole nation together. Judah gathered themselves to ask help of the Lord. I don't know where we get the idea we're not supposed to ask for help. I mean, here's an example. Just do it. Even out of all the cities, Judah came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our Father, art thou not God in heaven? And rulest thou not over the kingdoms of the heathen? Notice these are questions. See, the reason he's doing this is because he's saying, you're going to fix this problem because you're their king. Okay. In thy hand, uh, excuse me, and in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? See, what do we believe? Well, I don't know if God can do it or not. Or we'll say, oh, he's got the power, but he just won't. No, don't do that. Verse 7, art thou not our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land from before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever. And they dwelt therein, and have built you a sanctuary herein for thy name, saying, If evil comes against us with sword, uh, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand in this house. See, what he's doing, he's quoting the prayer that Solomon gave, when he, which was his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-granddaddy, okay? When he dedicated the temple of Solomon, Solomon said, Lord, Here's what I want you to do. If anybody's in any trouble anywhere, if they will just but turn toward this temp temple and pray, Lord, save them. Now, what have we done today? We're like, we don't believe Jesus will do anything. Well, you never know what God's going to do. You know, he, he's not going to help me with my car payment. He's not going to help me with a little trouble I have with my children. He's not going to help me. I mean, we have talked ourselves completely out of all kind of help. Look at this. Pestilence, famine, we stand in this house in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and we cry in, uh, unto thee in our affliction, then wilt thou hear and help. I mean, these are facts. You call them a promise. Verse 10, And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou would not let Israel invade, 
when thou came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned, uh, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. In other words, Moses had the power to do something about it, but God said, don't deal with them right now. And anyway, Brother Joab said, Lord, you don't you remember that? You told us don't deal with them. Now look what they're going to do now. They're going to come get us. Verse 11, Behold, I say, how they reward us. They come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. Now you need to think about these things. The devil is trying to take away healing from me. And Jesus bought and paid this for me. What do you think about that, God? Are you kidding? God's not going to like any of that. Do you see the approach that they made? Anyway, verse 12. Our, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now, why would he say our eyes are upon you? Because he knows God will get them out. Well, anyway, Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones and their wives and their children. Praise the Lord. What do you think God's going to do? Well, he's going to do what he always does. Praise the Lord. He's going to get him out. Then upon Jehaziah, the son of Bacariah, anyway, this guy, he was a smith, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, these are just big names. Okay. The son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph. We've heard of the, you know, maybe a songwriter, whatever. Came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation, and he said, this guy was speaking for the Lord. Hearken, that means everybody listen, all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you. Look at this. Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Look at this. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Now, you should know the rest of the story. They didn't go out and get all tore up. No. They went out there and got a bunch of riches and stuff. Took them three days to bring in the loot. They didn't have to fire a shot, throw a spear, use a sword. They did nothing. They just went out, went out there and collected a whole bunch of money. Tomorrow go down against them, and behold, they, uh, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. And you'll not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, uh, stand ye still, see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not. You know, that's our job is to not fear. You've got to get rid of that fear. You've got to stand still. Get a hold of yourself. Jesus said that in reference to the end times, terrible things happening in this earth. And he said, in your, in your patience, possess ye your souls. That's in Luke chapter 21. You've got to get a hold of yourselves. Oh. Oh, nor dismayed, tomorrow go out against them, um, for the Lord will be with you. Wow. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all, the, all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they fell before the Lord and worshipped. Wow. And I want you to see what happened next. The next morning, verse 21, And when he had consulted with the people, I skipped a little bit, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. That's pretty easy. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Jonah, while he was being digested, he said, You know what? Those that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. We're commanded, just like Jesus' story about the guy that was forgiven so much, he was supposed to go out and show mercy. Well, God is supposed to show you mercy. He will. The two blind men came to Jesus, and they said, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus did. He did. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, let's see what happened. Verse 22. And as they began to sing into the, sing into praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, uh, which were come down against Judah, and they were smitten. Now, I wonder if, 
if, if we could figure out what they were singing, wouldn't it be great? Well, he told you, verse 21, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That is so easy. I, you may have to work on it for a few minutes, but once you get it, or leave your Bible open to it. Keep it there in the kitchen or whatever. See over what it said. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Verse 23, for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly slay and destroy them. And they made an end of the inhabitants of Seir. Every one of them helped to destroy one another. And Judah, notice if you, if you will, they found them uh, all, all these people were destroyed, their enemy. Go down to verse 25, and we'll stop right here. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could uh, carry away. And they were three days in gathering the spoil. It was so much. Praise the 